Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Naturalist Capitalist. If you were watching me or trying to watch me live on, uh, what was that? That was Tuesday night. I'm sorry, but my hotel room just had awful Wi-Fi. And then I tried with my hotspot on my phone and didn't have good enough service. I was trying to stream with Dave Smith. <laughs> that was the uh, the second time we've tried to do it. The first time he had a scheduling conflict. Second time, I just didn't have a good connection. So we have rescheduled for next Thursday. And I swear to God, this time it's going to work. I'm going to be somewhere with a decent connection and he's going to be available. So we will make that happen soon. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, please subscribe to the channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can also see it on Odyssey. Uh, you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, links are in the description to follow me on those platforms. Uh, I learned not to put all my eggs in one basket when I lost Twitter about six months ago, lost 20,000 followers and hadn't really diversified. Now I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, kind of all over the place. Then I'm on Gab, Getter, Float, all that secondary stuff that no one uses. Anyways, I've got a good guest tonight. Uh, he's sort of been on the show before. Uh, if you go watch, I think it's episode 164. You can listen to me talk to him, and then you can sort of listen to him try to answer some questions. But we had really shitty connection and no microphone. But he may be the unfit statesman, but he has uh, he he does not have unfit audio this time. So we're trying this again. Zach Brown, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm so glad to finally be on your show with Phallic. I think you're still really quiet, so I'm going to actually bring your... Uh, here, I'll, I'll turn myself up. How is it? How am, I, how am I coming in now? Uh, go a little louder, actually. All right. Oh, All right, oh yeah. how's that? Quieter. All right. See how you see we, we, we do it as we go along here. There how's we that? Go. I think we're doing all right. If you guys, if just let me know in the audience because it's kind of hard to tell on here. But um, anyway, I guess the audio is just uh, it's just it's just not going to work between us, man. Like it's just something the cosmos do not want. You know, know, any sort of <laughs> well-working audio when we have a podcast together. I don't know why, but it's this is ridiculous, and and honestly, it is. This is has to be the the work of a malicious lord, malicious god. So you know, I'm I, I used to be an atheist. Now I just believe that God is evil, and that He's doing all of this to torture us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking around, that is almost more believable than not believing in God. It's like. You know, maybe he has just like a really sadistic sense of humor and he just kind of like wants to watch this clown show because, yeah, I mean, and if that's true, I can almost respect it a little bit more like this whole idea of like a benevolent God that cares about you and he just wants you to persevere through this and then you're going to, you know, spend eternity happily ever after with him. Just not quite as based as someone who's just like, wow, this is hilarious. I can't believe I created something this chaotic and I'm just going to sit back and watch, you know. Truly, he's I think he's the one behind like all the coups that the U.S. has fomented overseas. He'll just he'll get because Bush. You remember when, when Bush would say, like, I speak to God. Maybe he was right. Maybe he was right. Maybe God was behind all of the horrendous shit that the U.S. has done overseas. And he's like to Jesus, he's like, hey, watch, watch this real quick. <laughs> you want to see Libya wiped out? Hey, real quick. Come over here. Like maybe maybe that's what's happening. I don't know. Who am I to say it's, it's that is more of a, a, a reasonable explanation than any explanation that any government official has ever given the citizenry as to why we're doing the shit that we're doing overseas. So, you know what? I'm going to throw that out there 
And I'll let your audience decide if they're going to pocket that and, and keep that argument for the future. Maybe a family dinner, you know, a few drinks in your system. Start talking about how God is a, a malicious entity who wants to destroy the Middle East because he doesn't like the Muslims. I, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's avenues you can go with this. There's certainly historical precedents for it. Like if you read the Bible, I mean, the Hittites and the Amalekites and the Philistines, it's like, wow, God really doesn't like those people. So, you know, when George Bush says God wanted me to, you know, bomb the shit out of Baghdad or whatever, it's kind of like, you know, this is a little mild in comparison to like what he had David do and what he had, you know, the Israelites do in the old days. So I don't know. He's, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe you're onto something. Maybe George Bush is just a more mild version of one of God's servants. So I don't know. Yeah, um, maybe George Bush truly was a vessel, was a heavenly vessel. And, um, you know, what better activity for a heavenly vessel to do after ruining the lives of millions of Muslims overseas uh, is to just paint. Right. Indulge in the arts. I mean, if there's one thing, if there's two lives to be lived, it's one to bomb and, and just murder Afghanis and Iraqis and then take up a liberal arts degree. I mean, what a dichotomy of a life. I, I envy George W. Bush, truly. He's actually yeah. kind of, it's like the life he's lived is pretty astounding. Have you ever seen a picture of Bashar al-Assad's wife? No, I have not. She's act, she's actually like super hot. and She's a smoke show? I, yeah. Do you know the story of Uriah and Bathsheba with King David? Are you familiar? I've, I, you know, I've read it, but it's long gone now. So King David, uh, he sees this woman Bathsheba. I think she was bathing on her roof and he was like, wow, I want to have sex with her. So he decided that he was going to send Uriah into war on the front lines and then told yes, the generals okay. to retreat. Yep. So he got killed. I think that might've been what was going on with Obama because I mean, you know, Michelle, I mean, you know, there's just not, there's not much, uh, you know, fulfillment there so he yeah. sees Bashar al-Assad's wife and so he tries to Uriah him basically with the whole gas attack story you know I, I think there might sure. be something there I'm not really sure but I mean I you know I recently uh got into uh the the gas attacks the chemical warfare in Syria and you know I, I until recently maybe like six months ago um I found Aaron Mate and started looking to like the OPCW report and how the people on the ground who did the investigation were not involved in writing the final report. In fact, they were excluded from doing so. They were not allowed to give their input. Um, but a lot of the, I think, I think, I think every one of the investigators on the ground that were sent to investigate said that it was inconsistent with the claims that um, the U.S. and England and France were making. And there were physicists from like, I think Harvard and Yale that looked over the report that was written. Um, the final report, the final draft. And they said, some of this is, you can tell it was written by somebody who has really no grasp of science. Like they don't, they're not using the correct language. They're not articulating their points very well. And a lot of it, a lot of the the you know what they say happened is very shaky foundationally so that that one was kind of a shock to me because I, that was something that i never really followed and then and then it also it doesn't help the story that even before the the fake report was you know finally drafted 
before anything was done, any investigation happened, America, England, and and I think France bombed Syria. But again, before the investigation, even there was a draft done or anything. And so I just recently got into that. And it's pretty wild how crazily inconsistent the the report was and they're the the high up executives or not the executives but the high up people at the at the opcw um they like resigned and they're saying they've been speaking out uh and saying that it was bullshit but nobody's obviously nobody's going to listen because uh it's syria and you know assad must go you know yeah of course of course (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know if you've seen Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton on social media uh, saying that we need, uh, you know, we need a, we need to be careful about misinformation that's spreading, and we really need to crack down on that. And they're both almost First Amendment absolutists. That's at least what Obama said. He's almost a First Amendment absolutist. But I think it's kind of funny that those two um, really care about misinformation spreading. Uh, especially in regards to Syria, <laughs> you know, like, right. Uh, you ever looked in the mirror guys? So it's, I don't know. it's pretty astounding. He's a, he's, he's uh, narrating a new documentary for, uh, na- uh, I think it was national geographic, national geographic's doing one of their, you know, nature documentaries and it's being narrated by Barack Obama. And I was like, dude, please, please don't. I, I, <laughs> you know, you know, it'd be actually really, I would have a lot of respect for Obama if they, if they were doing a uh, documentary on like historical artifacts in the Middle East. And if Obama did that or any of our presidents narrated any historical documentary about the Middle East, I, I might go, you know what, at least, at least you're being rude about it. At least you've now had a subtle nod tipped your hat you went <laughs> and then you're being a dick about it but you know the the because then there's no virtue signaling there then he's just right. being an asshole i'd rather have these presidents come out and just say yeah we, yeah we did it suck my dick what the fuck are you yeah. going to do about it then just then constantly be you know this is a this is a beautiful environment and we have to take care of it the penguins and it's like i don't give dude who cares <laughs> Who cares? Didn't you bomb a wedding? Didn't you drone strike a wedding, you sick fuck? Yeah. Didn't you drone strike a wedding, you sick fuck? What are you doing talking about the penguins in the Arctic? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Your daughter yeah, is that- doing cocaine with Hunter Biden, which is actually gives you a little bit more credibility in my book. But, <laughs> you know, you're you're really prioritizing things in a distorted way. Yeah, th- that was one of the few refreshing things about Trump. I don't know if you remember in 2019 when we betrayed the Kurds and just like moved some troops around in Syria and everyone was losing their shit. Um, and he was leaving troops in Syria to protect the oil. And that's what he said on TV. He's like, we're leaving them to protect the oil. And everyone was freaking out that he would say that because it's so horrible. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it is terrible to steal the oil of a sovereign country and sink their economy. But at least he's just like saying what we're actually doing there. There's no bullshit around it. He's just like, yeah, we're, we're there to take the oil. And, you know, when he was running for president, he was like, yeah, we should kill their families. You know, like, why why do they get to kill ours and we don't get to kill theirs? You know, and yeah, it's terrible, but it's like, well, I don't know. At least he's, you know, kind of upfront yeah. about what he's going to do. So. so I've long said that that same notion, I apply that to uh, racism. 
know, a lot of people, if they heard uh, like an old man with a Vietnam War vet hat on, but he was not in Vietnam and he's just screaming the N word at people. Maybe they're black. Maybe they're not. They're just they're just dark, darker than him. He's just you know, he's angry and he's yelling and he's like, you're lazy. You're destroying your own communities. I have more respect for that guy. And I trust that guy more than, um, you know, the, the the subtle racism behind like 90s Democrat politics. Like I trust that guy more than Joe Biden because right. Joe Biden is has that that subtlety to it. The the I mean, it's cliche to, to quote Malcolm X on your show, but I'm going to do it. OK, I got I get one MLK or Malcolm X. I God forbid you have a black person listening to this fucking show, Reed. But if there is one, this is for you. Um, he said the, the 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 most the biggest danger to the black community is the white liberal because uh, they dress up their either uh, complete void of caring about the black community or active belligerent racism. Um, they they cloak it. They have a facade of being this, you know, we care about you and we're going to do this for you. Yes, welfare and giving tax credits to single mothers is not going to incentivize the dismantling of the the families. You know, they have they veil their their shit. The guy who's on his porch with a few teeth missing and the needle still hanging out of his arm. That is a person who's genuine. He's transparent. And I know exactly what his shortcomings and his faults and his ethical uh, discrepancies are so I know so it's easier for me to actually trust him I gravitate toward towards him as opposed to somebody who's doing um, you know those those insidious insidious shit you know behind the scenes we're gonna you know we're gonna manipulate we're gonna pull strings but they have the ulterior motive yeah no I feel the same way um and that was the allure of Trump you know like like he was um you you <laughs> Like the, the biggest problem with him was that he seemed, um, you know, he was almost too dumb for his job. So you would think that he knew what was going on and he was telling you what was going on, but he really had no idea. You know what I mean? Like that was his biggest downfall is, I mean, that was why so many people were like, oh, he's locking up the pedophiles and he is ending the wars and he is pulling us out of Afghanistan. But then he was just like, yeah, he, he, he was, he was in so far over his head. He just didn't even realize like what they were doing to him and what strings they were pulling. And he was just kind of going along with whatever they told him to do. And I mean, if he's he been a little especially. bit, yeah, especially them. But I mean, if he had been a little bit smarter, it might've been a little bit different. He was just like a little too dumb so that he didn't really know how to play the game once he was in there he all. telegraphed all of his shit so so anyone working against him just could see it from a mile away it was yeah. easy to counterattack trump it's because you know there was there was positives and negatives to the his bold forwardness the boldness was like a refreshing thing and 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 there were things that that behavior really helped him with particularly with how he treated the media and like how he just would blatantly say, no, you're fucking lying. You're just lying. You're not getting it wrong. You're lying. And you're doing it on purpose because you have a motive. Right. And then there was the uh, calling out of the intelligence community, which was good for the right. The right needed to hear that. Yep. It's about goddamn time 
the right started questioning the nefarious activities of the FBI. And did it take, uh, you know, January 6th and the election and Ray Epps and whatever? Yes, it, it, you're a little late to the game, folks. But still, we we made it. Now we're here. Mm-hmm. Now we're here, you know. And so there was there's that. And then there's also the fact that he would just give away what he what his next move was. So all of his opponents were like, just do this. It's just do this. It's like leaving. It's like there's the chess. There's a handbook for chess. And there's like, uh, you know, there's different first moves to try to lead the game in one way or the other. It would be like tearing out the page that you're going to use for that game and just slapping it on the table right in front of your opponent. Yeah. And it's at, on one th- you know, on one side of things, you're like, Jesus, is he this confident that he's just going to do this to me and I can't fucking do anything about it? And then you start questioning yourself, but then you also go, oh, no, wait, no, no, no. I've done this before, and this is how I counter this. So, yeah, he's a listen, he's a he's a he's Trump. Yeah. He's not a president. He's not a fucking. He's Trump. He's Donald Trump. He's the guy who motorboated Rudy Giuliani and drag on fucking television. For Christ, he's a noun. He's not just a name. He's a noun. Like, yeah. I mean, he's kind of become a verb too. Like, not just like the the play in cards, but you know, like to you know to to trump something. I mean, he's 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 a phenomenon. Like, he's he's his own entity, hundred percent. So, um. The transition from having a president who can speak in complete sentences uh, to Trump and then to Biden has been a beautiful thing in my mind. Like, you know, Obama, he, he's kind of the embodiment of everything we were just describing that we despise about all the previous presidents. They're so suave and eloquent and, uh, you know, well-presented that they could get away with murder and no one has any idea what's going on where trump was just so brash like he was bragging about i mean i love dude if you watch the speech that obama gave when osama bin laden got killed versus trump talking about all baghdadi oh it's it's just such it's such a difference but i died like a dog (laughs) i think the shock of trump then transitioning into the whatever you would call this with biden was kind of it was the right move. Like it put a lot of Americans into a certain frame of mind that I think if we had gone straight from Obama to Biden, I'm not sure it would have been as successful in dismantling the dignity of the office. Like Trump removed a lot of dignity from that position in his own way. And then Biden has continued to do it in a completely different way. Like with Trump, it was almost intentional, the removal of respect for the Oval Office. And with mm-hmm. Biden, it's just natural. Like you can't help it. It's just the way it goes. And I mean, but I mean, if you look at the number of people who don't hold any respect for the Oval Office in 2022 versus, you know, 2015, it's crazy. So many people don't have any respect for the president anymore and not just depending on who it is, but just the presidency is just a, a, a position that no one gives a fuck about anymore. Yeah, well, I suppose that's just a, a little serendipity for for all the bullshit that's happening that, that goes along with the, the shittiness in Trump and, and Biden. Because it, what I enjoy about both of them is they've created a understanding in the American populace that was not there before this of how little 
influence the president really has yeah. um, and how little power he has and how much he really matters. Um, and so people have started to look elsewhere. I think, I think they've started to look, you know, they, instead of blaming everything on the president, then now we go to Congress. Now we go to the fed. Now we go to the CIA, go to the FBI. Now we go to BlackRock and Vanguard. Yep. So people, I think it's the, 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 the absolute embarrassment of the office for the past two years, for the past two terms, I should say, is, is opening people's minds to the fact that this is not a one, um, you know, the, the, the problems that, that we are seeing is not one dimensional. And so they're, they're expanding their, um, arsenal of the blame game, I guess, and, and starting to look elsewhere and starting to realize that, oh, this entire thing, like this is coming at us from all sides here. This is, we've got a, we've got a, a federal reserve printing, uh, you know, was like 80% of, of all the dollars that, that, that are in circulation in one year in 2020, um, in late 2020, we have fucking, you know, people are, people are starting to go, oh yeah, it's weird that, that the, you know, the CIA is funding the Azov battalion that the state department was pressuring Congress to, uh, actually take them off the, the, uh, list of being designated as a terrorist group before they gave the, uh, uh, millions of dollars in aid to Ukraine in 2015. So start, people are just starting to look in different places. And I don't, you know, Lord knows where that'll lead. Cause that might even be worse. Cause a lot of these people, they, they don't, they didn't know any of this was coming. This is, this is like this type of shock to where everybody gets, uh, you know, the, the exposure to everything all at once. That's how you get QAnon, right? A lot of the people who, who, were really sheltered and thought that that I'm just a bill. Yes, like they thought that that's how the fucking American system worked. Then they saw Epstein and they like looked into it a little bit, and then all of a sudden they just went boom, and they were they were in there. The fucking drain sucked them down, and they just their brain stem separated, and they went. There are children underground in in my neighborhood, and I got to go dig them out. And it's just it's so because if you expose yeah. someone to everything at once, mm -hmm. then it just becomes very hard to process. And when things become difficult to process and comprehend, people start to uh, compartmentalize. And when you can compartmentalize, you usually reduce the complexity of an issue, which obviously makes you less accurate. And so it's like the coastline theory or the I don't know what you call it, but in in if when you measure coastlines you actually never can actually get a, uh, an accurate or or objective mileage or number to a coastline because the more you zoom into a coastline the more little because it's not a perfect line so the more little things you get okay these little zigzags and so how it depends on however many zigzags or however many little increments or whatever you measure it can it can range from it, it, I mean these things can differ from like you know hundreds to thousands of miles miles of coastline depending on uh, how small the increment you're willing to measure goes and so it's like if you just compartmentalize in a very big way then yes Trump this person who was coming in and saying draining the swamp and happened to be boisterous and calling out the media well then yes since if you're going to measure in large increments then you would put him in the same uh, you know, the same 
bucket of somebody attempting to weed out pedophiles because he's just a good guy, right? And that that's the that's the sort of the maxim of compartmentalization, good versus bad, you know, good versus evil. And so that's how you get QAnon. And so hopefully people's brains don't break and we get another movement of QAnon or QAnon-like, uh, you know, thinking processes toward our political uh, woes. But we might. And if we do, I'll be here to interview them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the QAnon types are not much more of a help than the people going back to brunch because they're just missing the target. Like, I think they're their hearts are in the right place for the most part, but you're right. The brain has separated from the spinal column. So, I mean, as far as being uh, helpful allies, they're not really, uh, they're not really much assistance. So I, I go back and forth between thinking that these times are, uh, you know, fertile ground for bringing people over to our side because in a lot of ways, people who have never had to think about any of this stuff are finally being forced to think about it. So they have to care. And I don't know if they ever would have in any other circumstance. But then we also have the problem that you're talking about. So with you, how did it come about? Have you? I, I know a little bit of your backstory. You were a Tulsi supporter and a Bernie supporter before that. So uh, you were obviously not in the mainstream uh, you, you weren't in the mainstream wave of thought when it came to politics, but what, what brought you to where you are now? What was your journey like over the last couple of years? So I, I ping ponged around a bit. Um, when I first started, I, I was a Bernie supporter because I was, you know, young and wide eyed and thought I, you know, I said, I, wouldn't it be great if everybody could afford healthcare and they could just go in and get the best treatment and and Bernie's was like, yeah, we can we could do that. And I was like, let's do it. I was like, I would love that. I I don't want anyone to have to go in debt because they had cancer. I I want that. And and so I plus I even back then I knew about the Clinton body count. So even in the primaries when Clinton and Hillary was running, I was like, Hillary's a <laughs> she she might not be a lizard, but she's not human. Um, <laughs> And so I voted for Bernie in the primaries, did not vote in the general election, uh, Hillary versus Trump. I didn't want Hillary, but I still de definitely was like, I had a little bit of the Trump derangement syndrome. That's what I get for living with my mother at the time. Um, this is when I, yeah, this is back when I was like 18, 19. And then uh, weirdly enough, I, sh for a very short period of time, I was actually like conservative. So I, I was you know, kind of, I, I started paying attention and what Trump was doing didn't seem to be all that different from what anybody else did, you know, like policy wise. And so I was like, this is not as bad as I thought it would be. And then what happened was particularly under Trump, I noticed the, the absolute deranged behavior from the left. And I was like, cause I never liked woke shit i was always mm -hmm. very anti-woke bullshit and so i saw the deranged behavior of the left and so i got into like those fucking you know own videos it was like milo yiannopoulos owns college mm -hmm. student ben shapiro owns and i'm very embarrassed to be saying this on your show right now uh ben shapiro owns fucking you know live five card. year old with pink hair yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yes, Steven Crowder owns prepubescent child. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 truly it was so. Hey, I, I, I was there at the time videos. too, man. It's all good. Don't yeah, no, no no shame, no shame. Yeah, so I got super into those, and I'm like, you know what? I fuck. I might be conservative. I very well might be conservative. And then I started kind of be like, I was I would I would pay a lot more attention to conservatism, and it's just it wasn't even like within like maybe a month i was like ah, i don't know about all this i don't know about all this you know and mm. and so like because i would listen to like mark levin and he would he would just like even like israel versus palestine i i still am not even i'm not even quite as anti-israel and pro-palestine as you are i'm you know but even that, like when he was just blindly following Israel, I'm like, yeah, but that was a like he would be like, what was what was the soldier? What was the IDF supposed to do? That ten year old had a rock and they threw it, and I'm like, but that's not that mm. seems excessive. So and then so I just kind of slowly shifted away from that mindset, and I'm saying maybe conservative, uh, the conservative mindset really isn't for me. And then I just was not, it was nothing. And so that's when I started my podcast when I was legitimately nothing. Um, it's a with good time a slight, to start a podcast. Yeah, I know. There's just no political identity and really no idea what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> so I was, I had traces of of being slightly conservative, and then nothing else. It was just a void. It was just a complete and utter fucking vacuum, and where ideas went to die. Truly, I would think ideas out. Like I put these up on my Patreon. And uh, it's like the first through the it's like the first hundred episodes. I went back and listened to like episode five and I was like, what the fuck am I talking about? I can't even speak. I wasn't even speaking correctly. It was it's, it was insane, truly. Um, and then eventually. I forget who I first like was exposed to as far as like being a like libertarian. I can't even remember who it was, but it kind of. I, I, it was just by gradual exposure, I suppose, you know, I followed one libertarian and then another and then another and then another and then another. And then that was just it was just kind of by it was just through gradual exposure. I was like, yeah, this seems to be the closest thing I can get to to a political community, because um, I like I said, I still don't know if I consider myself fully a libertarian, but it's this is by far. I'm very close. I'm very closely aligned. And, and this is the closest thing that I can say. These people tend to not only have the same, seemingly have the same uh, political ideology as me, but they seem to just have an outlook on life, mm -hmm. on culture, on, on, you know, human behavior, um, you know, how to, to perceive, even like in real time, perceiving the mainstream media or conspiracies or, or woke, bullshit or or sense of humor it just seemed to be that's the that's the closest i could get to a community and so i just kind of was like let's go here now and and i started following a bunch of libertarians started having them on my podcast and then you know like i said i don't know if i'm technically a libertarian i'm sure there would be people in the liberty movement who would say i'm not libertarian enough um hey, same so yeah, you're good. yeah, but that's I, I, I found it was like trial and error. 
Mm-hmm. It's like a fucking it's like trial and error in the state system for for fucking foster kids. You send them here and then sometimes that doesn't work out. So you bring them back in you send them to another family that that didn't really work out. He was a little too boisterous for them. They had to send him back and then you finally get the right family who's willing to keep you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, so how that who, happened. who impresses you on the national scale right now in the media or in politics like it, it kind of shifts for me, you know, while Trump was president, there are different people that I would really think like, wow, that guy's making some good points. And with, with the changing of the guard or whatever, like it, it's it's shifted dramatically, especially over the last year. Or so one of the people I really love and she's a moron, but I love her is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I really <laughs> yeah. I really did not like her when she first got elected, but man, she's really grown on me in the last year. Um, and I'm, I'm working on getting her on the show. I've gotten a contact and I'm, I'm working at it. So if you guys want her to come on my show, if you're watching, go bug her on social media or whatever. But uh, who really impresses you on the national stage right now? Um, well, I mean, in like in serious, like the it being a, the, the gay answer to this would be like Thomas Massey and Rand Paul. Right. The club, you know, but I, I also like Marjorie Taylor Greene. I fell in love with her after she posted that video of her doing those fucking CrossFit pull-ups. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, whoa! I don't know what. I like that Lauren uh, Lauren Boebert carries uh, on the Senate floor or on the House floor <laughs> because it's it's just I love a wrench in the machine. Exactly. You know, yeah. I love throwing a cog in the or I love throwing something into the into the cogs turning that makes them stop. Um, as far who am I impressed with? I don't DeSantis a little bit. It's here and there. It's never somebody who's like, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm truly impressed with DeSantis here and there. I like Thomas Massey. I like Rand Paul. I like, um, I liked Christy know how she handled COVID. I also think she's a, a an insane person. Truly. She, I'm mm-hmm. from South Dakota. She's, from South, she's an insane person. Truly. And she's, she, pretty attractive for the position that she, that she's in um you know there i don't know if i'm actually even impressed with these people or if i'm just absolutely disgusted with all the other ones that i'm just tolerating these guys you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i don't know like if i look at the entire you know i try to contextualize the entire political picture i i mean i'm just so disgusted with so many of the other ones that maybe i'm just tolerating these people and saying hey this is what we're gonna get um yeah did you yeah, hear? I, mean, I don't know. My my friend told me about this today, and I have no idea. He's not a bright guy. Um, did California legalize like post birth abortion, like up to twenty eight days after the baby has been birthed? You can. I you saw can, something about it, but I don't know if it's true. I heard that, but I feel like it would be making more national news if it were true, right? Right, so, or I'm at least sure on Fox. I'd yeah. like you'd see I'd be see, listen I follow some people from one uh one what is it one America news one America news yep. network listen that'd be all over my fucking timeline believe me and I didn't yep. see anything about it so maybe it was just a a rumor but listen yeah. that's I know that wasn't wasn't governor Ralph Northam talking about that at one point on a radio show um like the, there was a a bill being pushed through or being voted on and there is a video of Governor Ralph Northam on a fucking radio show talking about I don't know I don't think it was the 28 days but he said that 
you could it was his words it was him saying this that a, a woman could give birth and then the baby would be taken to a room and then they would have the doctor and her would have a discussion on whether or not to humanely like put it down it, it, it's like See, I think that should be an option until like you're off your parents' health insurance. You know, once you, <laughs> which is what, 26, I think you have to get off your parents' health insurance. So mm-hmm. anytime mm-hmm. until then, you know, I honestly think it's fair game, but you know, that's if true. We're reasonable about it. That's true. We give a, yeah, give a lot of leeway to the fucking. There's, listen, I would, I, there's a few people I could, I could, you know, put, push the upvote button, uh, upvote button on, on murdering them before their 18th birthday. I mean, for Christ, there's be, I mean, listen, I know a person who's 24 years old and he has games on his phone. It's like, dude, dude, no, no more, no more out, out, go fight in Ukraine. If what's his name, Malcolm Nance, if he can be fucking, if he can fake fight in Ukraine, so can you go. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I didn't even know who he was. I didn't even know who he was before this. Oh, I, I mean, did because he's been on Bill Maher's show like 500 times, but that was the only reason. Bill Maher is so frustrating to me because he I used to love him. I used to love him, especially when I was a Bernie supporter. Um, but he's so frustrating because he's a person who has some like like 20 percent of the time. He, he just is just fucking precise. Yeah. And he, and, he, and it, with his, he explains shit well, and he's based as fuck. And then eighty percent of the time, you're like, no, 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 you're not even, you're, you're not even near reality here, yeah, buddy. And so it's so frustrating to try to weed out the shit. Um, it's like here's the, here's an issue, Reed. I'll, uh, you want you want me to put an issue on the table for you to fucking analyze? Sure. Why is it that the two people that I like the most in the mainstream media are fucking Bill Maher and Tucker Carlson? That's a problem. That's a problem. Those are my favorite two as well. So I'm kind of in the same boat. And I don't know if see, I think Tucker's gotten better and Bill has gotten worse. Would you agree with that? Like I, I think like ten years ago Bill was better. And ten yeah. years ago Tucker really sucked. And so here's what I've I've I'm we're seeing a, a, a banana with uh-huh. with Bill Maher. Like back when he was saying like uh, when he, when he got kicked off of ABC for saying, "Oh, dude, so based uh, the shit about 9/11, how yeah, it's they're like not, they're not cowards to fly buildings, uh, yeah, fly planes into buildings, dude, yeah." Just an amazing point, um, <laughs> truly. And so, and then he kind of bananaed downward to like the worst of the mm-hmm. worst during uh, the, Trump. especially like Trump, yeah, during especially during his campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I think we're seeing an upward trend with him. I think we're seeing – I think he bottomed out, and I think he's going to come – I don't know if he'll ever get quite as based as that comment about 9-11, but yeah. he's going back up a little bit. So he, he dude, kind that's of like bananaed. tower power hour levels of based, the, the 9-11 yeah, dude. comment. Like, man. 100%. 100%. percent That and when In he said 2001? the N-word. <laughs> yeah, and when he said the N-word. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Tucker Carlson, I think he's just steadily getting better. And yeah. I actually like that I strongly disagree with him on a few issues because a lot of people want him to become like a full-fledged libertarian. And I'm like, no, because he won't resonate with the people the same way. Like if he's an obvious right-winger, you know, I think that's better because he'll 
influence right wingers and right wingers will be like, oh, it's okay to not want to go to war with Russia. Oh, it's okay to not want to go to war in Syria. Oh, it's okay to not want to go to war in Iran. And I wish I wish you'd get better on China. But other than that, like the social views and the immigration views and the trade views, it's like, I don't know if he sucks on those. That's good. And then the same with Bill Maher. Like, I I mean, I agree with you. Like when he was like at his low point, it was bad. It was like, dude, you need help. This is ugly. But where he is now or where he's getting back to, it's like, okay, I'm glad he's still an obvious liberal and still sucks on a lot of this stuff because then he gives liberals the ability to be like, okay, I don't have to think that a dude on the girls swim team is normal. I can be like, yeah, that's fucking retarded. Dude, so, that tucked in softball cock and that unitard that he was wearing. I mean, make an effort, dude. Make an effort. Don't be chubbed up when you get out of the water for your fucking photo shoot. Dude, I mean, at least make it for I mean, for Christ, have a little respect. Have a little respect. Here's the thing. I have no problem uh, with men beating women in any way, shape or form. But for you to get out of that pool like ringworming. Come on, dude. Stop it. Like, it's it's so insane that the, the whole thing, this fucking entire movement with transgenderism has gotten so out of hand. Do you remember back when, like, super conservative, uh, traditional Christian patriots would say, if we let the gays get married, pedophiles are going to start raping me and everybody else around me. They were so wrong. But they might be right about the transgenders. Like, for some reason, as soon as, like, the T became the prominent letter in the LGBTQ movement, it seems like the sexualization of children has, I mean, for Christ, it's it's mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. You know? So maybe they were just, maybe those idiots on the right were, they were getting close. They thought the gays were going to do it. It wasn't the gays. It was the trannies wasn't the gays it was the train and by the way i mean i think most people certainly pe- people listening to this podcast probably understand this but there's a lot of gay people who fucking hate the movement because they don't they 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 believe that it has completely undermined what they were fighting for years ago and that it has not been a net benefit to them or the people in the movement and i Dude, agree same I mean, with the trans movement like Mm-hmm. I, I, I used to work with a transgender dude and I I haven't talked to him for a while. Work on can, as like work on his transitioning or like just work no, work with just, him. Just work with okay. Yeah. Um, a trucker? No, not a trucker when I was doing power lines. Um but uh yeah, I guarantee you that he <laughs> does not approve of the trans movement, whatever that means. I mean and uh, actually, Jose Gallison just did a great show with Buck Angel, um, trans oh, really? female porn star. Yep. That, that's an interesting interview. I actually kind of want to get uh, reach out to Buck and have her on the show, have him on the show. But um, have him fuck me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's I'll do anything for ratings. Read. So speaking of, uh, you know, the the transgender thing and the sexualization of children. There's been a big hullabaloo in Florida recently because uh, DeSantis and, you know, the legislature passed a bill that doesn't allow sexually suggestive content or 
I haven't read the bill, to be honest. So I'm just going off secondhand knowledge of what uh, people have told me. But there, it, it is not a don't say gay bill. No, but it, it's, not it's also sounds like it's not very effective. It's only like grades one through three or K through three. And mm -hmm. it's basically your teachers just can't teach you about, about sexuality, kindergarten through third grade. So that bill passed and Disney had a real uh, beef with it. And so they've been actively opposing DeSantis. So DeSantis, a couple of weeks ago, he said, like, you better knock it off or I'm going to remove your tax privileges. So for those who don't know. Disney owns a large swath of land. It's a town, they, basically. It's a jurisdiction. Yeah. It's a self-governing deal. They have their own police force. Which is also kind they of based. Yeah. So uh, they uh, they have, you know, they don't pay taxes to Florida. They're not under any Florida regulations. They're basically their own state within Florida. So they were actively opposing DeSantis. And then DeSantis was like, all right, fuck you. We're stripping that away from you. So that has now passed the House and Senate, I think, in Florida. And it's just waiting to be signed. I don't think it's been signed yet. But uh, at the beginning of June, Disney is going to lose that privilege. So I'm kind of split on this. Like, I try to, you know, I don't necessarily always agree with something that I enjoy watching. Or another way I could put it is I can, I can think something is kind of based that somebody does, even if I don't technically agree with it in principle. So, for example, when Putin invaded Ukraine, I was kind of like, damn, all right, you have to admit that's kind of based. Like, you know, totally against war, totally against yeah. people being killed or whatever. But you got to, like, sort of respect the move. It's like, wow, he actually did that. <laughs> like, that's pretty ballsy, you know? Yeah. And I kind of feel like that with DeSantis with this whole Disney thing. Like, uh, my well, libertarian tendencies yeah. are like, you know, yeah, I, I like the fact that Disney is autonomous from the state of Florida. But there also is a lot of corporatism involved. They get funding from the federal government. And they're also, you know, in bed with a lot of, yeah, that too. Uh, so there's a lot. It's not like this is a cut and dry situation, but regardless of like what I actually think about the, you know, whether or not I'd vote yes on this bill or whatever, I do enjoy seeing the tension between a governor and a huge company and a state. And I feel like it hasn't been that way enough. Like usually the state and business are always in line with each other. And then this is a rare yeah. moment where there's some opposition and I can appreciate that, but I just want your thoughts. Like, are you, on Mickey Mouse's side here or DeSantis, or are you kind of just enjoying the chaos? What, what, what does Zach Brown think? Yeah. So I, I agree with you that it's tough to really put all of your support behind something that is involving government stepping in and, and, and manipulating private corporations, um, culture, education. I hate, the fact that that government has any say in any type of any type of cultural uh, decisions, education, anything like that, uh, you know, anything, quote unquote, free market. I hate it. It drives me insane. Um, you know, so that aspect of it is it it makes me you know, it makes my butthole clench a little bit. But on the other side, inside that asshole, if you go up, you know, in and up, you can get a prostate orgasm. 
Okay. And so I'm having a little bit of a prostate or even at first, you know, it's like, I was like, I don't know if I like anything in there. Ah, oh, yeah, that's okay. So it's like, yeah. So the end, the, I would like to see if, if this is, if this will lead to what I think it will lead to, I think it will be a beneficial thing. The way they went about doing it, I don't like the thing like, particularly with like trans shit in schools. Um, it's like, you know, how can you actually be against not teaching K through three about sexual identity? Like how, how can you with the education half of this? I'm totally on DeSantis side. Like if yeah. this isn't for private schools, this is for public government schools. And Dude, I, I, even... I so as far as the Disney thing, I hate Disney. I hate everything about sure. it. I went to Disney World once. I hated it. It was a disgusting part. It's yeah. people you go to concession stands and eat f- uh, deep fried food on a 103 degree day. And then you go on a ride and then you feel like puking. You get sunburned, your feet are sore, you're around your fucking family who's irritated because <coughs> you've been up since 6 a.m. because you had to make a little drive, and now you've been at the park the whole day, and you know you're not coming back because you can't afford a fucking week, uh, week's vacation. It's a disgusting park full of disgusting people. I think everybody who wants to go there should be executed publicly. Anybody who fucking has any interest in it, anybody who's watching Disney Plus over the age of 18 should be shot in the face because they are no use to our fucking... They're no use to our society. Every Everybody who likes Disney needs to consider suicide. That is the truth. Okay. Now. Also, they ruined Star Wars. Just throwing that out there. I don't even like, I don't like Star Wars. I don't like, I I don't like Star Wars just because I never got into it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I, I don't despise Star Wars as much as I despise Disney. Disney is for fucking, it's for, I, I. I uh, had a little bit of an interaction with a Down syndrome boy today. He's a full-grown man. He's about five six, very thick man. It was Down syndrome. They're thick. They're built. And uh, you know, he saw uh, he had a little sticker on his shirt, and the sticker was of Mickey Mouse. That's the level of intellect that you need to have to be interested in Disney. Okay, so that means one of two things are happening if you're interested in Disney: you're either retarded. Or you want to fuck children. There's no in between in my mind. So as far as Disney, I hope Disney collapses, and I hope there's a horrible thing. I hope I hope Putin invades us and he hits Disney World first. That's truly what I hope. And mm-hmm. and like I said, as far as the tranny shit with the with the sexual sexualization of children, and and this you know this Disney CEO coming out and saying like, oh, I have three transgender children. And it's like, well, whatever you're doing, stop then, stop it. Okay, I don't know what you're doing. Stop feeding them. Get them on whole wheat. Stop with the Ezekiel shit. No more. Stop putting your bagels in the freezer, you dumb fuck. Because something (laughs) something you're doing is making those kids fucked up. You should not have three transgender children. The stats just don't line up there. You're doing something. You're doing something. Okay, and if again, this this thing of, of the sexualization of children is truly disgusting. And I like I said before. This movement is a net negative to trans kids in particular because a lot of people, you, you know, God forbid you call transgenderism a a a mental problem or a uh, or, or or a psychological issue, even though it's in the DSM five. 
But let's just pretend that that transgenderism, gender dysphoria is not a thing. And it's it's truly if you believe that you're a woman, you are correct and you were just born in the wrong body. It was some mutate, some weird thing happened in utero and you were just born in the wrong body and you are absolutely right that you are the gender that you feel. Let's just pretend that there's no issue there. What's going to come along with that socially? Certainly some anxiety, certainly some depression. You're going to feel awkward in social gatherings because you don't feel like you're normal. You don't feel like you fit in. If you don't feel normal or feel like you're going to fit in, you're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel depressed. You might feel paranoid that people are, are judging you or talking about you behind your back. So instead of the trans, this LGBTQ plus movement, um, pushing for these children or adults to seek psychological guidance or psychological advice, their first and only solution to their problem is uh, transition, Mm -hmm. transition, knowing, knowing that the suicide rate pre and post-op is the exact same. And then they use that. They go, well, the reason it's the same is uh, post-op as it is pre-op is because not because they're mentally ill. It's because society just treats them that bad. And it's like, well, why is the suicide rate uh, of post-op transgender people in 2022 like 10 times higher than uh, the suicide rate of black people in the 1920s? Are you telling me society treats uh, uh, transgender people in 2022 worse than they did in, in uh, black people in the 1920s? The fuck they did. It's clear that they that not only is gender dysphoria causing them mental disturbance, they probably have anxiety, they probably have depression, they probably have a uh, you know God maybe they have a slew of other things that they're trying to work out, and you are not giving them any positive advice. You are not benefiting them in any way by telling them just to transition, and once you get to that other sex, you're going to be fine. No. They need help. They need mental help. And you just you just pretending like it's a bad thing for me to say, oh, it's a mental illness and they need to seek help. You're not helping them. You're fucking them over. You're actually you're actually a net negative to these to these people. They need help. If I if I come to you, Reed, and I'm like, I'm feeling depressed as fuck, man. I've been thinking about some crazy shit lately. You wouldn't go. There's a one thing. There's a one uh, a one thing solution. You just do this and you're going to be fine. You wouldn't do that. You'd say, well, listen, my, your first step was probably go talk to somebody. Let's uh-huh. figure it out. And, and, and got, nobody gets offended. If I tell a depressed person that they may have a mental illness and they need to go and, and get it checked out. Nobody, nobody gives a shit. If, if somebody says that they're mentally ill because they have anxiety or depression. In fact, we fetishize, uh, uh, anxiety and depression. There are people walking around saying I'm anxious and I'm depressed. And it's like, no, you aren't the fuck you aren't. Okay. Get off TikTok, You dumb bitch. That's not the way. Okay. But again, if you say transgenderism, there may be some mental problems here and we should seek help instead of just pushing them aside and saying, this is the, this is the solution. No, no, no. Let's look at the individual and help them. The LGBTQ uh, movement has not helped transgender youth. They have not helped transgender adults. And they can reflect. They constantly uh, quote the statistic of the suicide rate in the transgender movement. It's like, you're the transgender movement. Shouldn't you be helping them? Maybe the fact that you're quoting high numbers of suicide is a a, a point to your fucking failure of actually representing and helping these people. You purport to be helping these people. And you're not. 
I mean, tell me what, tell me how the, the, like the, the depression or anxiety or suicide rate in transgender people in the transgender population, uh, how, how is, how is it looking, uh, pre and post, uh, modern LGBTQ plus movement? Because the, the numbers are the same. So it's clear that the movement isn't helping. So let's try something else. Yeah, no, I mean, I I'm don't sweating after that. I took so much intellectual power that like, that's all I can give now. That's like, like that's, that's the smartest ever like rant you're going to get out of me. Now we got to talk about reptilians. All right. Well, actually I got a brain dead subject. So, um, CNN plus, uh, it, I don't even know what it is really. It, it's so, so I, I made a tweet today is CNN plus the new ISIS K because mm-hmm. ISIS K was just like, it came out of nowhere. They were just like, ISIS K attacked our troops on the way out of Afghanistan. And Wouldn't it be like, great if on CNN Plus it's actually just Middle Eastern men sawing the heads off of white guys kneeling down? They're just on the like like back. They're like a gold blade. <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe maybe they're the same thing. You know, ISIS K is literally CNN Plus, so I don't know. But they probably have um, the same moral compass. Truly, they, they probably do. <laughs> but I uh, do you know what CNN Plus is, or did you have any idea before today? Because I certainly I, didn't. Yeah, so I know. Fuck, we talked about the guy's name. What's the guy's name? The Jowls Chris guy? Chris Wallace, yeah. Chris Wallace. So he moved over to CNN+. Plus. I think it's their streaming service. Mm-hmm. It's their counter to the internet fucking their ratings. And I it, it tanked, by the way. I saw, I read an article or I saw something on Twitter where the CNN+, Plus. it's not been out that long, but the ratings are dog shit bad worse than cnn on fucking cable like it's really really bad um i mean i don't i don't know what they're trying to do my father when i was a young boy and don't ask me why he did this but when he he would make me watch uh beheading videos of cartels cartels beheading people i was like like 12 i don't know why he was doing this um it was really bizarre (laughs) truly like he would make me watch it and then he'd go see drugs and i'm like that's drugs like what's what i just want to point out you just went on a rant about like parenting advice for people and then you're telling me your dad showed you beheading (laughs) videos when you were 12 that's kind of like concerning but (laughs) dude honestly i'd probably be more okay with if you were transgender no, yeah, I'd probably be more okay with the transgender, like talking about your, you know, you were kayaking with your lover and then you started fingering his asshole over the weekend, telling your students that than showing them a fucking cartel beheading video. So yeah, your dad you know, telling you, yeah, son, you might want to cut your dick off is better than like, hey, okay, let's go, <laughs> your dinner's done, let's go watch your beheading video before you go to bed. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, he would, he would watch, my dad would watch beheading videos. Uh, he had these like VCR tapes of, of football highlights that he recorded and then he'd put them in and rewatch them over and over again and then he uh, also passion of the christ also passion of the christ and then he would when he remember the scene in passion of the christ when he was dragging cross up the hill he was just bloodied up and a, every time there was the point where he like he would pause it on when he, you could see his face and he just had the crown of thorns and he was just bloody all over and then my dad would go he did that for you and I was like, oh, God, I just felt like I'd get nervous. I'd get, I'd start to get a little nervous. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't, find... um, I don't know where I was going with this. I forget, I forget. where I was oh, going. Oh, it was CNN Plus, Chris Wallace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, we started talking about beheading videos somehow. Yeah, well, listen, the point was all of that, you could bring all of that, you could put that 
on Netflix and it'll get better ratings than CNN. CNN's done, man. There's nothing left yeah. there. There's nothing left there. Listen, Don Lemon, isn't he still being sued for like rubbing his balls with two fingers and then putting his fingers under somebody's nose and making him smell his balls or something? Like, isn't that a thing? I don't know. It could be. You don't follow. You don't follow black people on television. Not Tom Lemon. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, he's truly like he's. I don't know who's. He might be the worst on the, now. Stelter. Stelter's the worst. Stelter is the most unbearable. Yeah. God, dude, that fucking D battery. That fucking Jesus Christ, dude. He is built like a goddamn. I mean, he is a D battery. <laughs> a D battery, dude. Fucking. He looks like, dude. He looks like he fucking. <laughs> Looks like he puts car batteries in a blender and drinks it for breakfast. Like he is something else, man. That guy is, that guy is, is, I mean, the fact that he, he is so passive aggressive and it's at, you know, I could see him going on a, a, like, you know, grabbing an AR 15, grabbing an AK four, grabbing an Uzi and just shooting that office up. You know, something gets unearthed about him you know, and how he was saying, you know, anti-gay slurs in 1999 that gets unearthed. He gets fired. He shows up to the office with a newsie. Like mm-hmm. he's, he has that type of energy. He has the giggly energy, the nervous giggly energy. And it's like, ugh, that those guys make me nervous. I actually get nervous. I'm a big reciprocator of energy. I've noticed about myself. And if there's a, like a, a nervous energy person in the room, I'll get it. I'll get the nervous energy, but my, I manifest the nervous energy differently. Like I like, they'll like giggle if they're, if you know, if they're uncomfortable and I'll like lash out. Mm-hmm. So like that, like somebody, if somebody like challenges Brian Stelter and he feels like he's backed into a corner, he'll just giggle. And if I feel like I've been intellectually bested, I'll go, you fucking faggot. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And so it's your inner step and Bandera comes out. If someone dude, a little step, a little step bandy, (laughs) that fucker. I mean, I can't, I truly cannot believe that they've been throwing that name around uh, in the mainstream (laughs) media, not providing any context as to who he was and saying, well, if they did, it would uh, change the narrative quite a bit. So, I mean, I just can't believe how easily they've been getting away with this you know basically painting the azov battalion and and the entire ukrainian military at this point um as this you know benevolent force that's only here to defend the country and had nothing to do with inciting the war itself particularly uh uh, uh escalating the conflict in the donbass i mean i, I just cannot believe how well, Zelensky is trying to out israel israel because i think we give israel like Four billion a year in aid. He says he needs seven billion a month for the rest of the year to fight the war. So he's trying to like, you know, out Iron Dome Israel, which is impressive. I gotta gotta give him props for trying. You know, dude, if we could just tr- if we could transfer our Israel to Ukraine, at least they're further away. You know, <laughs> at least they're further away. I'm sick of fucking here. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I hate that. I, when when all politicians on both sides are are pro one issue, I get very upset because mm-hmm. I enjoy conflict, and so I hate it when the Democrats and Republicans come together and they're like, "We got to support Israel. Israel needs our help." 
when fucking uh, who's it dan crenshaw said that like without mm-hmm. israel there'd be no america it's like no what what <laughs> what <laughs> or dude is that is that fucking hole in your face is getting too much air like or are you, maybe take the patch off and let some oxygen get to your brain dan relax dude what the fuck are you talking about you need to take a breath you need to take a breather you need to get out of politics and just ride a an atv around a ranch somewhere dude because uh-huh. what what are you talking about what in the absolute motherfuck historical context political context data do you have to back that statement up in any way shape or form whether it has to do with the military the economy anything I mean, that is truly just the most retarded thing I think I've ever heard somebody say in my entire life. And like I said, I had a short interaction with retard today. He made a lot of sense. He looked at me and he said, I don't like Israel with a Disney sticker on his shirt. And I said, Jesus, this is not the setting for that. You need to relax. Sit on that bench over there. And then his mother, you know, she said, don't talk to him like that. And I said, shut up, you fucking Israeli supporting cunt. And then that was that. And the cop showed up and I said, listen, there's no conflict. It was a verbal. Uh, it was we were having a, a debate, a robust political debate. Sit down, pig. <laughs> that's how that that's how that happened. And then also then the then the uh, uh, retard echoed my sentiment and he said, yes, yeah, sit down, pig. And then the cop went, shut up, retard. And I was like, I like both of you now. I can't. I can't. Just go. I mean, it's fucking. Yeah. This is what happens in Jersey when it gets a little hot outside. People get a little rowdy. People get angry. It's getting warm here in New Jersey. I know that every time this is the this is how I know it's summer. It's when the first time I feel a bead of sweat that's originated from my asshole trickle down and hit my balls. That's how I know summer has started. And I get more irritable in the summer, too. And that's why I could never... There's a bunch of reasons why I could never live in Israel. But that place is hot. It's a desert. And it's truly disgusting. Desert dwellers disgust me. Let me tell you something. Arizona. New Mexico. Utah. Utah. Fuck it. God, dude. The fucking salt flats. Oh, it's it's a beautiful natural... Shut up. I don't know. I have no interest. California, that whole place, it just disgusts me. I need cold weather. My ancestors hail from cold weather areas, and I need I and plus I my wardrobe. I have a better wardrobe for cold weather. And I don't have the body for summer, truly. And even like I've been in shape, Reed. I get in shape, but even when I'm in shape, I still look like I'm out of shape. It's truly like I hate it. I hate it. I don't have the fucking I don't have that black thing where I can eat flaming hot Cheetos and drink grape soda and still maintain 3% body fat. I don't have that. Mm-hmm. I fucking have a slice of pizza and I look like I'm, I have a tumor. It's a problem. <laughs> and uh, that is the reason why I will be supporting Ron DeSantis and Tulsi Gabbard in 2024. <laughs> Man, that would be a crazy ticket. Like I got to admit, I would enjoy the, I would enjoy watching that. Um, and there's some movement for that already. It already exists. I don't know if you've seen it, but people, yeah, people want that to happen, and that would be, they would win for sure, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, is I is Trump not running? I don't know. He sh- well, let, I actually like Trump more than DeSantis because he's such a train wreck. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, DeSantis is Trump without. This, you know, without being a retard, basically. And like right. Trump's retard strength is his saving grace. And then 
Also, the fact that, you know, Trump, you know that Trump doesn't actually support Israel or give a fuck about Israel at all or about anything other than himself. He just doesn't care about anything other than Trump, which is good in a lot of ways because he'll just be like, okay, I guess we'll go do this weapons deal with Saudi Arabia. And okay, I guess we'll send all this money to Israel. And okay, I guess we'll take out this Suleimani guy. Sure. But he doesn't really believe in it. You know, he's just kind of like being taken along for the ride and just kind of going with the flow where DeSantis, I think does truly believe all that stuff. You know, I think he is a Zionist at heart and I think he does want to be a hawk on Iran and China. So he scares the shit out of me because um, the thing with Biden and Trump, frankly, is I mean, Trump, Trump would muster, you know, a lot of support in his base and they would believe in America when Trump was president. So that's a little bit of a problem with Biden. There's no belief in America. No one thinks like, oh, America is great. America is awesome. Like this defeatism, uh, at least on an international military scale, I think is good. Like the idea that You know, a lot of people, I mean, we do have a lot of retards who do actually want to get involved in Ukraine, but a lot of people just saw what happened in Afghanistan and they see what a mess Biden and Harris are. And they're like, like, I don't really want to do this, where if you get someone in there who's inspiring and young and charismatic, who does believe in imperialism and does believe in backing our greatest ally, I can see that being really bad. So I don't know if Tulsi could like soften him up on any of that stuff. I don't really know, but um, it, it's a I think I'm mostly scared of that ticket, but I would enjoy watching it and they would win 45 states against Kamala Harris. Yeah. And and I like I like Tulsi's um, I like Tulsi's demeanor more than I like Ron DeSantis' demeanor. Mm-hmm. Um, she seems, you know, I don't agree with her on everything, but she seems I do think that she's. I don't think that she has her stake in the ground anywhere. I think she can be moved. Right. And I think that's a good thing. A lot of people think that that's political weakness. I don't see it as, 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 in, in that way. I, I think that if you are willing to change your mind, that's a good thing because that means you're actively thinking about things and you didn't decide this 10 years ago. And this is how you've thought about it for the past 10 years and you haven't changed. So I, I enjoy not the the moldability there isn't the right word the the flexibility that i see in Tulsi Gabbard or her tendency to be more open minded in the sense of 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 you know changing her mind on certain things and evolving as as a, a political individual ron DeSantis seems more staked in his uh, political opinions he seems more staunch um, which would make him actually like there, there's a reason why he'd have he'd be the president. She'd be the vice president. There's a reason for that. It's because these characteristics um, are more uh, a, a, more of a positive when when running for president. But I think you're right. I'd rather see I just rather see Trump. I would just rather see Trump because then again, it's things become a bit laughable. And the more that we can create that we laugh at the fucking fact that we even have a president that mentality the more that we can stoke that flame the the better off we'll be because then again i said like i said people are going to start look to look elsewhere because if you start 
not taking things not if you just start not taking establishment politics so seriously you kind of naturally evolve to you might not end up as a libertarian but you you drift just naturally toward liberty a, a more liberty centric mindset mm-hmm. okay and that's because if you don't take the government seriously then you can't you can't be quite as reliant on it because you can't rely on something you don't take seriously and so the more of a of a laughing stock we can have in in the oval office at this point is is because i hate biden biden's a, biden is gone like he can't even think i don't even hate so i don't you never you can't hate the retard for for right. hitting me in the face because he's retarded you're like yeah. you're like fuck i just got hit in the face but you don't you're not mad at it so i don't hate him but it's mm-hmm. like i i hate what what's happening while under his leadership mm-hmm. um but like it's i don't think it's entirely a bad thing to have a fucking laughing stock in in the oval office because again like i said it's just a natural tendency to gravitate more toward the way we think if you look at what's happening and go oh this is not something i should be fucking looking up to or relying on and then like i said that that uh you know that light bulb that goes off and say and says, "Holy shit, these people are incompetent," mm-hmm. and 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 I can't rely on them. They they're incompetent, and at worst, they're malicious and malevolent. You know, and so that will bring people to to more of like I said. I don't know if it's going to bring everybody to to anarchy or or libertarianism or agorism or or, or whatever, but it will increase self reliance and, auto- and autonomy, and it will also increase the uh tendency to be rebellious against government policies people don't like because if there's a fool who's telling you i want your money you go go fuck your mother i don't give a shit i don't give a shit you want my money i'll kick you in the teeth bitch doesn't shut up but if the, obviously if there's a very strong authoritative figure who says we need this money to benefit you and you go, OK, daddy. And you know what I mean? So I, I would rather have somebody in. Tr- I, I'd rather have somebody with mean tweets in office. I'd rather somebody on Instagram doing stupid shit. It's I don't know. It, it seems like the, the, the more of a laughing stock, the more um, uh, embarrassing figure we can put in the Oval Office at this point, the better. Mm-hmm. I agree, man. All right. Where can people keep up with the unfit statesman? I know you're on Twitter and you don't have nearly enough followers. I don't know what the hell is up with that, but yeah, I've got a link to your Twitter and your Rockfin in the description, but where else? So yeah. So Twitter and Instagram at unfit statesman. Um, I got rid of my getter. Had to do it. Couldn't fucking do it anymore. Uh, Rockfin. Months, so. Yeah, it's yeah. Rockfin, yeah, at Unfit Statesman. Just got an Odyssey. Just got an Odyssey. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I'm making So what's the big... story with YouTube anyway? Just too too unfiltered to try it or Yeah. I mean it, I was never gonna I had no shot of monetizing it ever. Mm-hmm. And people seem to like the audio only anyway especially with my solo episodes. So I was like, fuck it. I kept, there's one up, there's one up I've and it was it. my I'm thing. Subscribed, with, if it, with, if it matters at all. So 
Yes, it does. And I very much appreciate and I appreciate you, Reed, by the way, because you have actually helped me a lot. You always you always uh, support me and put my stuff out and and retweet my shit. And I very much appreciate that. And I thank you for having me on the show. Um, you've been a, a great help. Um, but yeah, no YouTube, unless you want to see me talk to a flat earther and ha there's like hundreds of horrendous comments about me in the fucking uh, in the uh, the the comments. Uh, Rockfin Odyssey at Unfit Statesman. I've got like two followers. Let's get that up. Okay. Let's get that up. It's a shame that you, I have the same amount of testicles as I do followers. Okay. That's a problem. That's a problem. So would and you then, rather bring your testicle number up or your follower number up first? You know, that's not something I'm willing to answer. Okay. I've not that's prepared fine. for that. Listen, I have to read more theory before I come up with an objective answer to that. Cause that's what every libertarian, they got to read more theory because that's right. going to help the movement. Um, and then that's what the libertarian yeah. movement is lacking, isn't it? Theory for sure. If there's yeah, anything theory. that's lacking, theory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Theory. And we just have way too many social skills. We're just way too out there networking all the time. Um, yeah. And then there's, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Patreon at Unfit Statesman. Good stuff going up there. Um, and I'm going to have you on this show, but it's called Are You Out of Your Fucking Skull? It's a brand new show. It's Patreon exclusive. It's called Are You Out of Your Fucking Skull? And, um, we 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 bring up uh, it's me and uh, my producer Sean. We bring up videos from the internet, Twitter, Instagram, and sometimes it's just a crackhead, you know, you know, fucking an exhaust pipe. Other times it's a, a politician saying crazy shit, and we just watch the video, we react, and and we just be brutally honest about what we observe. And I just recorded the second episode of that, um, and that's going to go up on the Patreon. So Patreon. Uh, slash www.patreon.com uh, slash unfit statesman and that is it that is it all right guys well yeah go check out his stuff uh he's he's funny uh you won't ever not laugh listening to an episode um and let's see i am hoping to be streaming tomorrow but possibly not uh, the Four Horsemen will be on Liberty Lockdown on Sunday night. So Ryan Dawson, Eric Jackman, and I are going on Clint Russell's show. I think it's at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So go check that out. And then, like I said, Dave Smith is coming on the show next Thursday, and we're going to make it work this time. No excuses. But go follow well, Zach. Well, thank you. And I, like I said, I appreciate everything that you've done, you know, as far as, as, as uh, you know, attempting to get my shit out there. Also, tell Ryan the, the best way to communicate is not through Skype. It's not through well, the Skype chat. It's, it, it's when you've been banned from literally everything else that exists. It's kind of tough. So he doesn't have like WhatsApp or whatever. Dude, I, How I did he get it. banned from WhatsApp? Was he sending been, new pictures of children? From, what the fuck was going he's on? Been banned from Coinbase. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's he's actually banned from, he was banned from MySpace in like 2005. He's, wow. He, yeah, he, he is like the the pioneer wow. in getting banned. So yeah, not too many. He's options. amongst he's amongst the Japs. That'll change a man. So. <laughs> That shouldn't even be a slur. Japs. It's just shortening Japanese. I mean, come on. It's like saying the whites or the blacks. Let's end this here. Uh, can it, before, can can we end this show? I just want to say Japs and then you end it, okay? This is how we're going right. to do it. I'm going to say Japs and then you end it. Okay. Three, right, two, three, two, one. Japs.